Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, that guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer. And you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So, let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Hey, Chris. Hey. Good to see you, my friend. I was reminded recently by a friend who has a podcast, and she said, well, you're asking everyone in the beginning to, to give you a like, or if they're on YouTube, like a thumbs up, a, a like, a subscribe, uh, hit the five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or, and I said, I... We don't do that. I, we don't do that. We absolutely refuse to do it unless we just did it right now. And please, anyone listening, do all those things. So we're doing that, yeah. Yeah, I guess we're doing that now. Um, maybe at the end, I'll also not say it. <laughs> okay, we're back, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you. Here we are yeah. for another week of, what is it? what's it called? Confessions of a... Of a working actor. Of a working actor, yeah. I don't feel like a working actor. I just got back from a set, and I had sort of that downtime of like, oh, You know, like you, you can go and be working for a minute, and then you're like, and now I'm not working. We actually have somebody on today who has worked a lot. Oh, God, has she? She really has. And she is, uh, I would dare say, um, the single most passionate activist that I know besides my wife. And they, the two of them may actually be comparable. They, they have some crossover in the areas that they are of service. And, um, and I think that's really important, too, being of service as an artist, because we do have downtime, right? We do have time where we're not acting. And in between gigs, what do we do? And if I think, for me, I'm curious about you, what you think, Chris, but if we just focus on ourselves, we can tend to get into some, some spirals there, a little dangerous thinking. And when I stop thinking about myself, we try to go be of service and help other people, um, Good for them, good for the world, but also gets me out of my own brain, you know? I think this is what it's all about, actually, when you help others. Being able to know that you're, you're doing something that's uh, maybe changing the way uh, people are treated or treat themselves um, is really important, I think. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. Well, that's a perfect segue because this week's guest is not only a brilliant actor, but uh, she, she is really also a brilliant activist. If I'm not mistaken, she received a SAG uh, After President's Award yep. for her union service. And that we'll is correct. That a little bit later. Um, but I have a feeling you have some uh, rough math for <laughs> I us. I do. I do. I've wanted to do this um, for so long. So here we go. Let's see. All right. Ready? So everybody listening, just don't, you don't, don't count as we go. This is just going to be a quick thing. Here we go. Law & Order SVU, 25 episodes. Another World, 52 episodes. Leap Years, 20 episodes. The Glades, 43 episodes. Blind Spot, 27 episodes. Hawaii Five O Eight episodes. Daredevil, 6 episodes. Star Trek Picard, 19 episodes. And that's only a few of her very many credits. I completely chose them at random. And hello, that was 200 episodes of television right there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Wow. Let's welcome Michelle Hurd. <laughs> Hi guys! Wow, that was um, that's crazy. I don't you, even. You impressed you. I impressed me. Yeah. I impressed me, and, yes. and it's funny you said the Star Trek because I was like, well, that's third season hasn't dropped yet, so ah, be 30, I know there'll but... be more. <laughs> uh, no, but that's yeah. Well, it's we've funny. talked to a lot of actors, and he, and I got to say, like working actor, boy, you're 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 busy. That's what a gift, what a blessing. Yeah. It's funny you were just talking about how what it feels like when you come back from work and you have that lull. Hmm. There's also the other way when you're you know you really you know you're trying to get a gig and you get the gig and you're like yes I got the gig and then you're gonna go away for like three weeks or four weeks or whatever and that week before you leave you're like mm, I don't want to go. <laughs> I like my bed. I, <laughs> I, like, I like my, my bed. My, hopefully I like my family. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Exactly. That's right. But uh, yeah, and and the activism thing, you know, it's it's such an interesting path that hmm. has found me or we have found each other mm. because I don't know if I had thought that's what I was going to be doing when I got out of college and started jumping into this world but um, I really quickly uh, sourced that when you're on a set and you have a little bit of power um, I think you have a responsibility you know to take care yeah. of um, everybody else you know you're already taken care of you're on the call sheet you um, have a little bit of, of of stature, and if you can advocate for everybody else, um, it's the best work you can do. I'm so much more mm. interested in helping the many and not interested at all in helping the few. The oh, few oh, are man. fine. They can take care of themselves. Let's help the many who don't have voices. Wait, hang on. I'm writing that down. That's got to go in the <laughs> that's got to go in the episode description, that quote. Um, uh, so uh, you, when you have power on a set, how do you use it for good? I love that. We're going to talk more about that. But but what about uh, how you started before there was a sense of like, I have power to change things? Um, tell yeah. us a little bit about some some of the early jobs you did, how you got started in the business. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's funny because now uh, I think that everything happens for a reason. And I when I was a teen, I grew up in Greenwich Village, New York. I'm a native New Yorker, a biracial child. My father's black. My mother's white. Grew up in a time when um, being biracial wasn't as cool as it is now. Mm. Um, thankful that I grew up in the village because uh, the village was filled with just artists and gays at that time. And, um, uh, you know, anybody who had problems with people who were in the taboo kind of world would, you know, get out of the village. We were able to support each other. Um, even under that sort of world, I uh, definitely had my little delinquent time and uh, I was a little, you know, problem child and um, sort of, uh, I always, whenever I talk about my past, I'm always like, why was she so angry? Why are you so angry? And I think there's something about teenagers, particularly that are, um, you know, we, they desire to have a voice and to have um, their own opinion and their independence. And sometimes uh, they find themselves in groups that they feel are they're empowered by. Um, sometimes it's the wrong path, but really what they're doing is they're looking for their own place. 
they're looking for their their identity. Um, I during my little delinquent kind of world, my parents were freaking out. They're like, "What are we going to do? Should we send her away? What happens?" And I stumbled into uh, martial arts. My father was a martial artist, and I'm so thankful for that because because of karate, um, I learned dedication and re and, and respect and um, and and how you can achieve if you just apply yourself. Um, so it was really because of my, and I answered or I solved that thing of a of the teenager trying to find their own space because it was my dojo, it was my space, my my dojo family, and um, it, it made me feel seen and heard. Uh, so because of martial arts, I was I kind of got myself together, <laughs> and um, I applied to some uh, colleges to acting schools. And I was accepted to Boston University. And I got to tell you, like when I went to all different colleges, like SUNY and um, uh, um, Oberlin, and you know, yeah. just and I and by the way, like when I'm, you when I'm, you went when you went to see them, like when you went when to, I went to, to see them, and yeah. I and I saw this sort of campusy, you know, grass and trees. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, this this is no, you know, native New Yorkers are like, I don't need to be in the trees in the forest. I don't know what's that sound. Yeah, I need. What, a, I need. What a, is this thing called a suburb? Oh, that's right. Oh, we don't know what that is. I don't know what you're doing. So when I got to Boston and I was on the T, the train, and it came up uh, on Com Ave and you know crested, and I saw all of this activity and this life and this city, you know, that was surrounding this college. I thought, yep. This is where I can yeah. um, I can achieve, or I, I can. Um... I went to school around the corner from you at Emerson College. Ah, there you go. And I felt the same way about Boston. It was like, um, you know, it was Beantown, but it had a great subway. It was like slightly smaller than New York, slightly less expensive. Yep. If I got lost on the subway, I wasn't likely to be in in imminent danger. Um, right. it, it was wonderful, and I, I really it was a great place for me to go right after New York City. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, so that's exactly what what I did, and. When I got out of college, um, did you do a lot of theater in college? Did you do a lot of shows in college? What? You know, it's interesting because I just got back from Boston last week, where they just gave me a distinguished alumni award, which was very um, honoring. And Wait, I, we're going to add in. We're adding congratulations. in applause now. Yeah. The engineers are putting in applause and cheers. Okay, <laughs> thank good. you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I, you know, it was really wonderful to go back there and talk to the students. And um, you know, they asked me about my time in school, and I was very honest with them because my time at BU was frustrating. Hmm. Um, I was one of three people of color in my class. And wow. yep. And I was uh, cast as every single ethnic character. And it hmm. literally drove me, you know, batty because <laughs> the one thing that I, I tried to explain to the teachers is that I have no problem being a minority. That's so easy. Like I walk into a room and I got that done. Like people are like, minority, copy that. I don't have to do anything. Right. I, I went to college and just for an example, I went to college for the opportunity to play Juliet. Whether I wanted to or not, that, for the opportunity to play Juliet, not the maid, Juliet. Yeah, and the and craft the young, and the learning and the craft and the, all everything of that, that comes with that opportunity, right? Exactly. And the, the girls that they were giving that part to, our money is the same. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, and I literally, I mean, there, there was a moment where I feel like all the teachers and deans of the school, like when they saw me coming, they would be like, oh my God, here's Michelle, you know, lighting cigarettes, like, hi, Michelle, because I was just like a, a rabble rouser. I was really mad. I mean, you know, and, and to, um, you know, use the, 
this is a quote from a play, so it's not like I'm just throwing out language here, but my senior year, they were doing uh, Three Sisters on the main stage, which I had done with Natasha in high school, so I was all excited. They didn't even see me for that. They're like, no, no, Michelle, we picked a play for you. We picked a play for your senior year, your senior year here at this university. Great, what's the play? It's called Open Admissions, where myself and Greg, the other black man in the show, had lines like, I literally said this in my senior year, ooh, child, you so cra- you some crazy nigga. It must be 50, 11 below in here. I, I still remember that line. <sighs> in my, my senior year at a conservatory, yeah. at a conservatory. Yeah. So for me, when I graduated, I always say I was emancipated. Mm. And I came out with such a tenacity, with such mm. a vigor, with such a hunger mm. to work because I, I literally felt like I had been, um, sidelines throttled yeah stifled yeah stifled and i just was like you know let's do this and and um you know i'm thankful for that because i came out with you know an understanding that i have something to offer um it is important to hear this voice and to see this you know it's funny one of the first uh commercial campaigns i did it's it's strange was always with wings maxi pads thank you very much (laughs) but um, there were, it was a full campaign and I did like, I, I don't know, six spots plus, um, you know, back in the day when we did on um, campaigns more mm-hmm. plus print and all that stuff. And I had so many young women of color come up to me on those, you know, on the street. It was strangest thing. Cause they'd be like, always oh, maxi pad lady. And I'm like, hi, I'm waving about periods. Okay. <laughs> but they would come over because it was literally like a close up in a black box. And it was just a woman of color mm. talking about maxi pads but it was important and you know and it's one of the conversations i had yeah. with cunningham i you know my commercial agents i had with all my agents yeah that see you know optics, i was with cunningham for a little while there yep, you know right. you know optics matter optics matter yeah it really you know if we don't like the moment when obama was elected i have two gorgeous brown nephews um beautiful creatures and the moment when he was elected, my sister and I cried, not just because of the phenomenon of the situation, but because I remember going to school and in our school, we had the pictures of the presidents, the little pictures across the top of the classroom, you know, that's you just mm-hmm. sat and you'd see Washington and, you know, you see them all. And all I could think of is like, from this moment forward, there's now a black man up there. So subconsciously, consciously or subconsciously, now a child can see themselves yeah, consciously. and the I, consciously I, I re- yeah. and the possibility yeah. that they can do whatever. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the biggest reasons that I've been very picky about the parts I play. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, young uh, brown and black kids to see a strong individual, a boss, a, um, a person who could be like, even for Rafi in Star Trek, she's conflicted and she's perfectly imperfect and she yep. stumbles, but she continues to lift herself up and continues to to, to greet the day, even with the challenges. Mm, and not um, stereotypical and not one-sided. And I'm not interested right. in, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, the concubine. I'm I love that you had that. I love that you had that, pa- the passion for that when you first started out. Like even yeah. just getting out of school, you were like, okay, and you hit the ground running. Michelle, when you when you first started, mm. um, maybe you could share something that you wish you had known when you first got out of uh, BU that you know now. Yeah, um, I mean, I've always been headstrong. Um, no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things, which is what I said to some to the students at BU, is to remember that first of all, to be your biggest fan. 
be your biggest fan. If I'm waiting for someone to be my biggest fan, I, I may wait forever. <laughs> they, they may never pick it up, right? So I need to come into a space knowing that I have something to offer, as strong as that is. Um, I also like to say every time I walked onto a set, whether I was a day player, a guest star, a recurring uh, background, whatever, I came in with the same um, respect and intention um, as if I was number one. Mm. So my thing is, you're all number one. You're all number one. You don't have to wait till you know someone offers that or lets you know that that's you, who you are. You come into the space knowing that you have something unique to offer and, um, and that's empowering. And I will say that during um, first season of Star Trek, Michael Chabon gave me some words that I have literally embraced and, um, and, and shared as much as I can. When I got the, uh, the part, which by the way, I, I got through a self tape. So anybody who's like, yeah. you know, I, and I did two takes, the first take, I liked the beginning half, didn't like the back half, second take, opposite but i was just like ah screw it just send it you know i'm never going to get this just send it and they i i literally got my my audition from the self i mean i got the job from the self tape didn't have to you know test or anything and um when i was on set with michael uh i asked him we were talking about auditions and self tapes and rafi and all this stuff and i think i actually asked him like what was it about those tapes like you know what was it that you saw rafi and he said to me when we watched your tape you told us who Rafi was. Ah. That's big. That's, That's big. Because yep. actors, we literally are trying to like, please. So busy trying to be what other people so busy. Or what we think Which is, they want us to be. That's yeah. exactly right, David, because how do we even know? That's right. I don't know what they want, but I'm trying for some reason to like, you know, answer their question of who they want me to be. Don't do that. Right. Make Richard, a make a Richard bold choice. Kind, Richard Kind said, uh, "I'm not I'm not for everybody. Uh, l- That's let me right. tell you, but I'm me, and I'm always going right. to be me. You know, he's always he's That's like right. I I do my thing, and uh, you know I'm either right for the part or I'm not. But I'm going to show you who I think the character is. That's right. And if you think about it, it makes sense because if I'm a writer, director, casting director, whatever, and I'm trying to cast this part, if you walk into a room confident, solid, telling me who the character is, well, yeah. my job's done." Thank you know I'm so thankful that you walked into the room. Now I don't have to cast that part. You got it. Now, did you feel that when you first uh, got out of school, or did you know? It sounds to me like this activist was born there. Like you didn't get what you wanted, and you were going to make sure that people got treated uh, with respect. Mm. And and, and something else that I'm hearing you say, which which you know I've always felt, um, well, not always, but really. I know now is that there's only one Chris Rydell. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. only one Michelle. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know? And that and should be celebrated. There's only one David Allen Bash. Yeah. And, That's and, right. Exactly. And, and this it, is you have to come into yeah. a room feeling like empowered and to love yourself. And, and to, to love make, yourself. And to, make, and to make a bold choice and, and trust exactly that right. it's either right or wrong. Um, and, and Michelle, um, you know, I love, I love, first of all, I love the honesty that, that, uh, you know, uh, college was hard. College was yep. uh, oppressive. Uh, I yep. don't think that's too strong a word. Um, I, I love the honesty. Thank you. And and with this wisdom that you started your when you started your career with this sort of uh, drive and and wisdom and tenacity, um, 
was there someone along the way that there, you know, earlier on that that there was a good positive experience on a set or at an audition or something you could share with us? Uh, an actor who, you know, maybe you were a guest star on a set and an actor behaved really well, and you were like, oh, that, I want to be like that person, or mm. someone who impressed you along the way, a, a producer or a director, someone who who was kind, but, you know, focused on the craft or anyone come to mind, spring to mind about that? You know, I, I know this is cheesy, but I, I, I would just say my father, my dad mm. was an actor. My parents were both actors when they first met. And then when the kids got born, my mom was like, someone needs a, a steady job. Um, <laughs> God smart, bless her. Smart woman. Smart woman, um, who, by the way, is 89 years old as a, a, wow. a psychologist, the premier biofeedback, neurofeedback woman in her career. And she still has a private practice. So oh, hell that. yes, mom. Hell yeah. Um, but my father... Um, had to experience a, a lot of um, uh, challenges as a black man in those days. And he often wouldn't let us see the plays that he was doing because he didn't want to, uh, his daughters to see him as a butler or a step and fetch it kind of person, mm -hmm. Uncle Tom. And there was real talk in our house, always. My, my father's also uh, uh, um, worked with Maya Angelou and um, Godfrey Cambridge. Mm. Uh, creating something called Matinee for Freedom, where they had Black artists come in and um, perform a cabaret in order to raise funds for Dr. King. So our household was always uh, very conscious of the of civil rights um, and of injustice and um, and trying to move the, the bar. So often we would um, have conversations about the food that's in the kitchen is the food that we're going to have for the month because we don't have no, no more job, no money. And um, and and there it is. So from very young, I realized that acting and being in this is show business. There's a business aspect of it. And that can't be denied and should not be forgotten. Mm. So um, he, he really taught me, my family really taught me the value of um, the importance of artistry. One of the reasons that we watched Star Trek was because of Nichelle Nichols. My father also said yeah. he didn't want us watching shows that didn't have his children represented. And Star Trek was one of the main reasons that, uh, you know, we would sit down at a, 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 together because there was a representation of a person mm -hmm. of color. And truthfully, the concept that uh, Star Trek has is inclusivity, diversity, um, immigration, otherisms, you know, all the topics that we would talk about over the, the table. Yeah. So to answer both of your questions, when I got out of school, I, uh, I was so driven with, uh, first of all, the desire to work and as an actor, because I had not gotten that in school. And I was acutely aware that it's a business and that I wanted to uh, um, present myself as a professional. I knew that I needed, I, I suck at, at food services. I couldn't do waiting tables. I tried to go to a temp agency. They literally said, don't ever send that girl out again. She doesn't know what she's doing. I, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. Right, right. And I remember one of the first conversations actually that I had with Ken Slevin at, at Cunningham when he they were in the interview. And, and I could tell, especially back in the day, um, the question that he was asking me, because he was like, so... He's going what around. Kind of, he was. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. What kind of category, you know, blah, blah. And I know what that is. I know mm -hmm. you, you want me to do I you want to me to say, put me in blacks. Right. Put me in black stuff. Right. He's asking me, what's my right. ethnicity? What, right. What, right. What, what, what do you what, see? Yourself? What, what characters will I will I play? Right. Exactly. Okay. And and I knew he was saying that and I let him hum and ha because, you know, either say it or, you know, don't let I'm not going to make your life easier when you're trying to ask me such a question. <laughs> Good. Um, and my answer to him was. 
Oh, oh, what do you, you want me to ask? Uh, you want me to tell you what I think you should submit me for? Oh, oh, okay. Anything that has copy. Because <laughs> I said, I'm an actor. And I I'm said, an if you want me to get more specific than that, right. you could say I'm a native New Yorker. There you go. Because that's what I, you know, I, again. Right, you just want to I don't work. have to, you, you right. will see right. what I look like. Right. That doesn't need to be my forward front, uh, forward facing um, invitation to our conversation. Mm. Hi, I'm a minority. That you've already made your judgment. Right. My my job now is to to let you see how much that can be a benefit. Now, right. Now watch what the character's supposed to be. Watch me. Let me show exactly. you. Let me solve your casting problem. Watch this. Ex exactly. That's right. Exactly. Michelle, what what um I mean, mm. you've worked so much. Um maybe you could share with our listeners um what you feel it means to be a working actor. Uh, well, first of all, I love being a working actor. <laughs> we are, that's a, that's the, 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 the dream, right? Um, but you know, being a working actor is, uh, um, because I'm such a, I really want us to embrace this as a professional, you know, this is a vocation. It's not a hobby. You know, there's that running joke about, oh, I'm an actor. Oh, what restaurant do you work right. at? I, 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 uh -uh. I, I understand that's cute, but it's not, it's not, it's condescending. Uh, actors are, we're acting even when we're not working, <laughs> you know, trying to get a job is probably 95% of our yeah. job. And how do you keep yourself in a positive space to create, you know, be able to create when you have negativity being, you know, <clears throat> told that you, you didn't yeah. get the part continuously. That's all part of the work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, I, I, I always used to say when people say, what do you do when you don't get a job or, you know, um, <clears throat> when the day's not working for you, I go see some art. Yeah. I fill myself. Fill the well. Yeah, I the fill well. the well with life. I, I, I talk with friends. I, I have a delicious meal of food that I've never tried before. I mm. go to a museum. I, I, <clears throat> I try to in, in, infuse myself with artistry or life so that it can inform and, 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 and give me more layers with the choices that I take as an actor. Such a good um, answer. It's, you know, it's, it's, and being a, a working actor is the best thing in the entire life. I mean, I, you know, I say this, my husband's an actor as well. And Garrett and I talk about this often. Uh, we just said, you know, you know, sometimes when you come back from a job, you have that blue, right. when you're about to go to a job, you're kind of blue because you don't want to leave your family. There's all this kind of crazy stuff, you know, trying to get the job is exhausting, doing 12 pages in an overnight next day self tape is exhausting, mm. all of that stuff. 
But the moments that you're in front of that camera or on that stage, in front of that audience or in that booth, in front of that mic, and you are allowed to create, that's it. Ooh, that's there's it. That's, nothing like it. That's why we come back. That's, that's why it. we come back. And, and now what's so amazing is the fact that I get to do that. I have that experience as well as being able to do some kind of activism work. Mm. You know, second season of um, Star Trek, you know, we had uh, first season, we had wonderful people in the hair makeup trailer. I felt totally taken care of. I love them all. Mm -hmm. There was nothing personal there. Everything's beautiful. Second season, I said to myself, I was like, Michelle, you have a little bit of stature. You now have to put some action where your words are. Mm. You need to advocate mm. for people of color in the hair and makeup trailer. And it was, you know, the, before season started, there was a little bit of like, rah, rah, and I was like, well, I guess let me take out my All soapbox, right. step up on it. <laughs> and start saying the words that need to be said. And Good. you know, I, you. I'm so thankful that I have amazing producers and they listen to me and we were able to get people of color in our hair and makeup trailer and That's a, a beautiful experience, uh, example of why I'm always interested in helping the many and not the few is once again, I'm on the call sheet, no matter what, wh whether they're white, black, whatever, they're gonna take care of me, I'm gonna look fine. I'm interested in our guests, our recurring and our background artists because there's not one show any content that's created these days that does not have at least people of color in the background, right? Yep. yep. So we have a young actress, um, Ito, who uh, played young Guinan, the Whoopi Goldberg part. And she came over to, to, to me on set um, one day after her shooting. And she said, I, I want to say thank you to you. And I said, oh, mm, uh, why? And she said, because I came to set today, like I come to every set I've ever done, with all my hair and makeup products in, in my suitcase, I opened the the trailer door. I saw a woman of color and I cried because I realized that for the first time, I only have to do my job, mm. my job. Mm. So that, you know, like in that mm. moment, I'm like, this is why by doing just a little bit of work, yep. that's sometimes scary yep. <laughs> and you maybe feel precarious and vulnerable, but it's so important because you help the yeah. many yeah. And you change lives. Yeah. The uh, the woman that we got, I got in for um, the hair, um, for my hair lady, she's been working for 15 years in this industry. And for IATSE, you have to have a certain amount of numbers on a set to get your union, blah, blah, blah. She always was, uh, you know, um, just a couple of days just short. Shy, yeah. For the first time in 15 years, because of Star Trek, uh, she's now been able to get, she's in the union and she can do all union jobs. So fantastic. this is why, this is that why it's make, imperative. It makes it makes a difference that that, that um, that's spectacular. And I love that if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And yep. one of the things we talk about, I remember when my daughter was a little younger, she's 13 now, but when she was a little younger, especially one of the things her school was talking about was... Um, mm -hmm that not only can you not just be a bystander, but you have to be something called an upstander, mm. which is anytime you see someone in trouble, it's 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 your job to help them. It's not yes. a choice. There's no choice there. Upstander. You, you mm. must you must try to help. Obviously I love unless that. unless you put yourself in, in extreme physical danger or something like that, right? right? But you could go get help. You, That's and right. Again, different for little kids, but um you know, you, you, you are an upstander. It's very clear that. that you will take any opportunity to help someone who needs help to, to make representation matter to, yeah. you know, all that. Um, and I love what you said there, that, that, um, and it's a big thing that I think people should always uh, really um, take into their, uh, you know, just adopt is always ask because there's two possible answers. 
yes or no. Yep. <laughs> but always ask if you don't ask. Yeah. The and, yes, you don't and, even know. And you know, there's there's less important things to ask about certainly like uh well, they won't budge on the money. They say it's top of show, which by the way, I just can't oh say God. for anybody listening, that's a lie. There's no such thing as top of show. Thank it's you. actually it's actually a floor. Yep. That's a minimum of that's what exactly you right. of what of what the producers have to pay the actor. Mm-hmm. It's not a ceiling and they've mm-hmm. co-opted this and they all agreed, you know, decades ago, let's call it top of show. That's and exactly the, and right. And then the actors and the agents won't ask for more. So first of all, that's we just call bullshit on that, okay? Bullshit. But you could, if someone says we're only paying top of show or whatever, you, so ask if you can get a special appearance by. Ask if there instead of a, if you're just starting out, instead of a shared card, maybe you want to say, well, it's no skin off the producer's back. Can I get a single card? Right. That's right. And That's then exactly right. later on, when you show up on set, um, you, you're inspired by Michelle and you say, um, you know, I, I there's the opportunity for me to be involved in casting and I would like this to be a biracial couple or I would yep. like there to be trans representation on the show or uh, gender neutral or non-binary so small things lead to bigger things um, let's talk about one big thing yeah b- before we um, I know Chris is, wants to ask you sort of our special segment questions because they're because <laughs> they're very fun but before we do that um, we did mention when we were introducing you that you won the SAG after president's award for union service and mm-hmm. I want to read this entire paragraph mm. Um because I think it's really, really important. I'm just going to read it, and uh, it just moves me greatly. So here it is. As a national board member, Heard played a leading role in advancing efforts to remove sexual harassment and assault from the entertainment industry and make sets safer. As a member of the SAG After President's Blue Ribbon Commission on Safety and the union's sexual harassment work group, she worked to provide resources to members who experienced sexual harassment and assault and assisted in developing updated guidelines and policies to eliminate harassment and assault in the industry. Michelle's work led to the creation and the development of the Intimacy Coordinator Initiative and helped spur the creation of SAG-AFTRA Safe Place, a reporting platform that allows members to discreetly report incidents of sexual harassment. So I know there were other people involved, but I also know that you were, you absolutely were a main driver of, of all of those changes and uh, and I applaud you. I, I think oh, thank, it's, thank there's, you. those are such important areas. Um, and thank you for we, saying that. We take yeah, that. We take a lot of that for granted yeah. when we're on sets. Yes. That it that it might not feel safe to everyone there. Yes. Right. Especially yeah. especially me as a white man. Very easy for me to just be in my privilege and take that for granted. And it's uh, I, I just I'm really astounded by oh, what, you, what, you were, you. what you were able to achieve and also just to go on record publicly i've said this to you privately you took a lot of shit from oh all from all sides and you're incredibly strong and and have such perseverance but so much of that shit was just unnecessary political, so unnecessary. political factions within sag aftra um, you know, after having merged the two unions, I thought, you know, I was a, a national uh, board member. I was a board member, a New York board member of AFTRA, rather. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, well, we got, we pushed for merger. We got it all together. And now right. we're all going to behave as one. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't that. And I mm-hmm. was so, I really was just disgusted by, yeah. the, by the way people felt that they could treat you. Yeah. And the, and the things that were said. And um, I was in your corner then. And, um, and so I, I need to say that publicly. Thank um, you, David. That's... And I and thank God you're strong enough to persevere and just get this stuff done, and sets are safer uh, because of you. 
Thank you so much. Well, your your gorgeous wife helped immensely in creating the booklet. And that was one of the things, by the way, I, I really, with all the drama and the bullshit and the mm. vitriol mm. that I went through and that I was witnessing in the room, I, 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 what, what really hurt me was I was just like, are we forgetting that the purpose is to help mm. the many on the set? Mm. We're all doing this kind of, you know, just so much finger pointing there was finger pointing and cruelty and 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 misinformation um on purpose to try to get the different fractions to win misinformation about safety and literally that's why i i I was like i need to make at least a booklet so that actors can at least have in their hands their rights yep you know i i i've just now with um allison pill and, and and another group of actors created a and this and the uh, CDJ, CDG, the Casting De- Design Guild, um, worked on another booklet um, uh, called Fitting Room Practices to make sure that people are are safe in the fitting room because not only just Great. you know cis individuals, but we have so many more trans individuals in our mm-hmm. community now, disabled individuals in our community now that those spaces have not been created to keep them safe. Th- thank you, thank I'm, you, thank I'm, you. He's he's wearing a shirt that says "Protect Trans Youth." Yeah, it's imperative. Can't see it, but- but yeah, but yeah I put on today. Yep. It's in, it's imperative, you know, and, yeah. and and we have to make those kinds of changes and adjustments. And I, I have to say, um, and, you know, your life knows this very well. After that, um, in that moment when I was receiving, you know, vit, you know, just cruel cruelty, hmm. people yelling at me and being mean, um, I relied on my sisters um, who were doing all this work with me. And I also um, recommitted to the fact that I, I, I'm strong. I know who I am. I don't care what people are going to say about me. I'm still going to double down and make sure that we do the work to help the many. Because here's the deal, everyone. Predators aren't going anywhere. Aren't going anywhere. Predators have been here. They're here now. And they're going to be here till the end of time. So we need to plant strong, deep roots and grow solid oak trees as obstacles so that they don't have a, a clear vision to their prey. And if the if the only way that we can do that is by legislation in our um, contracts, so be it, because we're not going to be able to stop them. They're there. They're out here. They're you know, <laughs> I watch forensic files and, you know, all those things all the time. They're you know, bad people are out there, but we have to do what we can to make it difficult for them to get to their prey and empower actors on their sets. And one of the things that I find, you know, like you were talking about uplifting, you know, of, of uh being an upstander, you know, yes, you know, speaking out right. when you're on a set and especially if you're on the call sheet, you, I feel you have an obligation to look out for your cast and crew. Yeah. Yeah. You need to stand up and speak out. Yep. If you see injustice, if you see an extra background artist who's, who's, who's wearing like, you know, a, a bikini mm. and we're, and, and we're standing on set, not shooting, Walk over to that actor and say, "Do you need you, a cover up?" On a robe, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. If you- well, this is the this is the beauty about being an actor. Um, not all actors are compassionate people. Yeah, but you know, yeah. putting yourself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. on a daily basis mm-hmm. helps with learning how to be a compassionate human. It's ex- and, yeah, and um, this is the beauty of being an actor, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I think everybody should maybe go do two years in uh, in some theater class and <laughs> yeah. learn to be an actor, uh, whether you want to be an actor or not. That's uh, right. 
Well, you said something very important, um, putting yourself uh, in other people's shoes. This is one of the reasons why I find it's just incredibly important to have the diversity in the room. To, if you have all the different types of people in the room, you can answer every question. Yeah. You well, can answer all the being, questions. Speaking of being in the room. Yes. Um, <laughs> Good segue. Maybe you could share with us your um, worst audition story. <laughs> and, that's right. And guests. we asked this, we asked this yeah. because of this commonality, right? That actors listening, whether they're established actors uh, and they've known you for a long time and they're excited to hear this podcast or whether they're just starting out or they're college students, whatever. And they're wondering, like, what the hell do I have in store for me? Right. Um, we want them all. We want everyone to know that we all have a worst audition. Oh my gosh! We, we have Absolutely. several, but but yeah. today we have time for what you consider to be uh, your worst audition. It's story. so weird because I'm trying to think of like you know I I I'm I mean God knows I've auditioned a lot and I, there's only two there's two things I know you said one but there's two okay, two that I okay. kind of. And for they're really you, quick. Two is okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. And they're really quick. And, and it's the only thing that I could think of because I was just like trying to like, what, when is my terrible things? Have I banished them from my memory? Um, but there was one audition and I remember it was over at, uh, at um, Paramount. Cause I just remember that. I just remember like, cause it was traumatic. So I think I remember the walking into Paramount, walking into one of those bungalows. And it was a casting director who I knew and she, you know, we got along really well. And I'm, I, I can't remember, but I think the character was Irish. I think it was Irish and I'm, I'm, I'm Jamaican. And, um, uh, I, you know, so I, I do this audition and like, you guys, that dialect, she was just like, I don't even know. She went to Jamaica, Scotland, uh, touched on Ireland, maybe did a little bit of the South somehow. And, um, we, I finished the scene and, and, and we were little, both of us were silent, like just silent. And she looked at me, and she went, I love your shoes. And I was like, <laughs> I know. And then we just start talking about my shoes. We just started talking about my shoes. So yeah, that happens. And then I remember when I was doing a ton of television and I started to, um, to myself, I felt like I was developing um, some bad habits because, you know, you do a lot of television, you start to um, get kind of uh, small. Yes, you get a little small and, you know, you're sort of like, you know, you get really intimate and you're talking here. And even if it's talking about like, I'm going to tell you that the world is about to explode. I'm just, oh, for some reason, I'm going to whisper that. Don't know why. Um, you know, you could yeah. you scratch yourself. You, you know, you, it's I, all very I natural. Went, I was on stage. I was doing a play with Eli Wallach and I, it was just the two of us. And, and after about six or eight months, I got a pilot in New York and he was not happy because and the understudy was fine, but we had a, a great relationship. So he was like, you're leaving me. And I said, I'll be back, Eli. I'll be back. It's 12 days. You know, it's, I'm missing like eight shows. It'll be fine. And anyway, I came back and we're half, we're not even halfway through the first scene. And he turns his back to the audience and leans in and whispers to me, speak up for fuck's sake. It's not television. Oh my God. And this I is... was like, I was gone for eight days and all of a sudden yep. I came back on stage and I was like saying my lines like this. In the yes. So it is and this easy is, to slip into bad This habits. is, it's literally, and this is literally what, like I I told my agents, I said, you know, you guys got to start sending me out on, on theater auditions because I've gotten terrible. And they were like, no, no, no. And I was like, no. So what, I'm not saying I, I'm going to take them. Tell us no, but it's literally that. that. It's yeah. literally that. Because I, I, I said, just send me out because there's nothing like the judgment that you experience when you go into a theater audition. It's unlike anything else. <laughs> truth, truth. And I remember this audition. I was for like Winter's Tale. And I came in with that monologue, with her monologue. And um, I, I, you know, I got there and I, I did the whole, you know, Shakespeare. And I do the whole thing. And, yeah. and then there's, again, I finish and there's a pause. pause. And then a silence and the pause. <laughs> and the director's like, says, Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so let's do it again. 
And this time, why don't you use your voice and the words? <laughs> like that moment of like, oh. copy, copy. I'm an actor and oh. someone just told me, could you use your voice and the words? The other Woo! half of the instrument, please. The other, the oh. other half, the most important, some might say. So, you know, and those, and it's fine. And it's fine. Those kind of things happen. Yeah, well, and, good reminders, know, I guess. And right? it's a good reminder. And, and I just to, you know, for actors in general, I have been, you know, hired. I've been fired. I've been replaced. I've replaced friends. I've had jobs I thought were going to go on forever that stopped short. It's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all fine. Everybody goes through it. It just makes you um, more knowledgeable, more um, informed about what the uh, um, what can happen. Also, you know, my husband's a, an executive producer of the show that he's doing right now, Sprung, and I've become uh, privy to that side of it. It sometimes just doesn't fit. Something that's happened doesn't fit. The yeah. story goes a different way. Yeah. So those moments don't mean that you're over, that you're, you failed. It just is a learning experience. You know, dust yourself off, pick yourself up, go see a movie, go to the museum and move on. Yep. And chalk uh, it up as knowledge. That's you know? right. Chalk it up as knowledge. Right. And, and yeah. you have to think for a second that, you know, maybe the person that was in there before me had the exact same experience. They were like, oh, like your shoes. You know? <laughs> or, right. you know, we're use your long. voice. You know, it's like you sometimes we feel like yeah. we're the only one that yeah. everybody else was right. amazing. That's right. You know, that's right. You hear that, guys? No. We, you are not the only one. That's and, right. Uh, uh, speaking of just to, you know, I'm from a two actor household and you're from a yep. two actor household and. Uh, Michelle's husband, Garrett Dillahunt, is also a spectacular actor who I had the pleasure of doing a very silly pilot with many, many it, years ago. It was fun, though. Uh, very silly pilot of remake of Mr. Ed that went absolutely horse. nowhere. Um, <laughs> as soon as they changed from the horse being the voice of Chris Rock to being the voice of Sherman Helmsley, we had a feeling that uh, it changed in tone. <laughs> But uh, I thought your husband was an absolute delight to work with back then. He was silly and funny and collaborative, and uh, yeah. I've not had the chance to work with him since, but maybe we'll get him on the show. We'll see. Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, look, you've told, you've told us so much, and mm. usually we end with what's your best piece of advice? I mean, we've heard from you. I'm more interested in helping the many, not just the mm -hmm. few. Uh, no matter the size of the role, you come to set with the same respect and intention and preparation as if you're number one on the call sheet. And exactly. Just so many good pieces of advice. Is there is there one other thing you want to offer to anybody that's listening? Um, well, uh, the biggest fan, be your own biggest fan, is the big, mm -hmm. is one of the big ones. But um, uh, just know that your work um, contributes to, uh, in in such a profound way, the health of our society. Art is so healing. And when you can uh, have the opportunity to, uh, uh, to give the voice to many that are possibly silenced or don't have that, and when you're on a platform, take advantage of that. Um, it doesn't hurt you. It only helps the others. Um, be an advocate for the, uh, um, you know, if you see injustice, be an advocate, be an activist, use your platform. Um, use this beautiful gift of, be, of being in the industry to uplift us and bring us all to a better place. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I get, we got to add in more sound effects. You, you're, you broke the podcast. We don't have enough, <laughs> enough positive celebratory uh, sound effects. Um, so many positive things to take away from this 45 minutes with you. Um, Michelle, thank you so thank you so much for 
for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Um, we we wish you well. I know you're. Uh, you said the third season of Star Trek Picard will uh, be able to be viewed soon. Mm-hmm. February, so I think February sixteenth. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic, fantastic. And anything else that's coming on down the pipe? I know you just you finished. Uh, what was it? The plus one that was something I finished, finished recently. And plus one playing Cedric, yeah. uh, the Entertainer's wife. Um, I just did a film. <laughs> I, yep, I uh, which was so fun. He's so fun. He's so. Fun. I just did a film with Graham McTavish down in uh, Montana called Somewhere in Montana, and I'm actually about to go to Atlanta to shoot an indie film on uh, a, a true case of uh, called uh, um, this young lady Kimba Smith was a um, is a young woman who got herself into a situation with a, a guy who happened to be a drug dealer. Um, she was not a drug dealer. Uh-oh. She just whatever. Then he uh, killed sense, someone uh, and he was found. the girlfriend law coming into and play she, here. Yeah, like exactly. And she yeah. was um, sentenced uh, because he was dead um, to 26 years to life mm. um, for just being in the house of a... Of a... So, you know, the, this is a, a lovely moment for that. I can take an... Uh, um, you know, utilize being part of the artistry and being an actor, but also elevating um, mm. uh, uh, inequities and injustice. So that's I love up for that. Me. I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, we I saw a movie called The Sentence, which was made mm-hmm. by a filmmaker named Rudy Valdez. Um, I saw it. We had a film at the uh, Nantucket Film Festival and The Sentence was there as well. And we met Rudy and it's it's similarly it's about his sister's. 15 year sentence for conspiracy charges that were based on the boyfriend law, a deceased ex boyfriend. And and they came to his, they came to her door to arrest her and incarcerate her. I think a year after the boyfriend had been imprisoned and or killed. And, um, this was his sister. So he made this documentary about his sister. So I love, I love that. And then it kind of fell out of the public eye. So I love that, that you're making this film. I think it's, that's really important. Very important. Very important. Important. Uh, topic and isn't it a gift that we have that opportunity as artists to amplify and to tell Mm. stories that really need to be kept in the social mind as well as um to change the you know change change actions moving forward it's a gift it's a gift it is a gift it was a gift to speak to you today thank you for sharing your the gift of your time with us thank you david so and so good to see you so good to meet you chris it's uh it's been a pleasure and an honor Thank you so much. It has been an honor to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle Hurd. Um, again, Chris, I'm no self-promotion. We are not going to ask people to like us or subscribe. No, absolutely or not. Or leave a good review. Um, we shouldn't ask that. It would take people like 15 or 20 seconds to do that, and people are busy. They don't have that kind of time right now just to go down to Apple and be like, this is, I really like these guys. They have great guests. <laughs> And we got another great guest coming up next week, so be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.